Time to Shift is a podcast that aims to inform on energy and climate-related affairs with the intent to contribute to a low-carbon economy. My name is Hugo, and in this episode, we will be discussing the declining oil supplies in the European Union. The Shift Project, a think tank which advocates the transition to a low-carbon economy, carried out a prospective analysis on the European Union's current oil supply chains, building on top of a study from Reistat Energy, an independent energy research and business intelligence company. The conclusions of the report? Most of the current oil supply sources of the European Union will likely decline by 2030. We are also facing a potential global oil supply crunch by 2025. Why exactly is this a problem, you may ask? Shouldn't we burn less oil to reduce our impact on the climate? Of course. That being said, our societies are heavily dependent on oil. We use it for transportation, space heating, electricity production, and as a raw material to make products we use in our daily lives, such as plastics and solvents, among many other things. If we run out of oil without being well prepared for it, it will cause disruptions. This challenge of limited global oil resources can be viewed as the broom wagon of environmental policies. If climate policies fail to be implemented at the right pace, then we will all be swept by the broom wagon of decreasing availability of oil. However, such constraints alone will not allow us to thwart global warming. Global warming and peak oil are in no way exclusive. There are two hazards that pile up on each other. They both represent excellent reasons to quickly get our addiction to oil under control. However, these two constraints are not sufficiently present in political agendas around the globe, as we have observed at the latest COP26. To put things into context, the European Union is the world's largest importer of crude oil, ahead of China and the United States. This is mainly because Europe is virtually devoid of significant oil resources, and hence relies heavily on imports to meet its domestic demand. The study by the SHIFT project allows us to explore crucial questions including who the EU's main oil suppliers are, what the risks of its oil supplies are, and what solutions are available. Let's immerse ourselves in the barrels of crude oil. Let's start by explaining what crude oil is, how it is produced, and why its production is declining. We will do a pretty short summary of this complex topic. If you want to find out more about it, though, we have provided some useful references in the episode's description. Crude oil is a naturally occurring fossil fuel. It is the result of dead marine organisms from ancient seas, such as algae and zooplankton, getting trapped under multiple layers of sand and mud and being exposed to enormous pressure and high temperatures for millions of years. Crude oil is a natural phenomenon. It is happening as we speak and will continue to happen in the future. The problem is that, at the moment, we consume crude oil much faster than it is replenished. It is as if we were at an all-you-can-eat buffet, but once the initial batch of food prepared is consumed, only one plate will come out every 30 minutes. Crude oil is typically obtained through drilling, where it is usually found alongside other resources such as natural gas and saline water. Drilling is carried out after studies of structural geology, sedimentary basin analysis, and reservoir characterization. The industry had been extracting crude oil from the most accessible oil reserves to date. As these reserves are depleted, it becomes more complicated and expensive to find new reserves. Putting a number on how much oil reserves are left is difficult, because it is still unknown exactly how much oil is trapped in the earth in unexplored places. That being said, based on trends in oil production and investments, we can get a sense of how much reserves are left and when we are expecting to reach peak production. 
Now, let's see who the EU's main oil suppliers are. Russia is the European Union's largest supplier of crude oil. It accounted for 30% of the EU's supply in 2018. This share rises to 40% if we include oil from countries of the former USSR, in particular Azerbaijan and Kazakhstan. Russia reached its production peak in 2019 with more than 11 million barrels of oil per day. Based on an initial assessment from Reichstag Energy, it is expected that the Russian oil production will drop by 9% between 2019 and 2030. However, with COVID-19 we have seen a fall in investments in the region, which could further accelerate and intensify the decline in oil production in Russia. This decrease is due to the joint decline in production from the oil fields of Western Siberia, the principal oil producing region in Russia, Azerbaijan, where the drop in production began in 2009, and finally Kazakhstan, where the decline is expected to begin in 2025. Algeria is also an important oil supplier, in particular for Southern Europe, and, more specifically, for France. Its production has been in decline since 2007, with a drop of 23.6% between 2007 and 2019. Like Russia, Algeria currently has few prospects likely to make up for this decline. Due to its situation, Algeria faces a severe risk of instability at the political, economic, and social levels, just like Russia and most countries where oil production seems bound to decline. In the Gulf of Guinea, the main suppliers to the European Union, namely Nigeria, Angola, Gabon, and Congo-Brazzaville, should also see their oil production fall over the period from 2019 to 2030. A majority of the West African oil production is extracted from offshore fields, which are increasingly costly and technical to develop. Historically, offshore production has often shown stronger growth followed by steeper declines than its onshore counterparts, as operators are eager to recoup massive initial investments. What about the United States with their shale oil? Well, this represented only 2% of the European Union's total oil supply in 2018, due to 1. a lack of transport infrastructure between the two continents, and 2. the high consumption of oil by Americans on their own domestic market. In addition, Shale oil is quite controversial. The crude oil is trapped in materials such as rock fragments and must undergo fracking, a process that combines chemicals with large amounts of water and sand at high pressures to fracture material surrounding the crude oil in order to extract it. Shale oil extraction is resource-intensive and can have dramatic effects on the air, soil, and water quality of the fracked areas. On top of this, American shale oil production is estimated to reach its peak by 2031. As a result, Relying on U.S. shale oil will only delay when we reach the world's oil production peak by a few years. More than half of the European Union's sources of oil supply should therefore experience a drop in production in the next decade, if it is not already happening. This should lead to a reduction in the EU's entire oil supply ranging from 1-8% to 8% between 2019 and 2030. So... What can the European Union do to compensate for this decline? First, we can look for new sources of oil supply. This is a goal shared by many countries within the EU. It turns out that several oil producers have not yet reached their peak of production, especially in the Persian Gulf. However, with this strategy, we would still be exposed to several risks regarding securing future EU oil supplies. Firstly, we need to take into consideration the geopolitical and economic risks of potential oil suppliers. Secondly, the extreme volatility of crude oil prices observed during the last decade, 
which makes investing in oil projects more complex and more risky, may impact future oil availability and prices. Thirdly, a strong growth in oil demand is expected from Asia and Africa, while the production of both continents is expected to decline. The EU would therefore be competing there with Asian countries whose demand is growing strongly, for example China. Given that China has large foreign exchange reserves, a powerful oil industry and good relationships with many major producers, particularly in Iraq, Iran, Russia and around the Gulf of Guinea, a competition between the solvency of future Chinese demand and that of EU countries would probably be risky for the latter, particularly for countries such as France, whose economies seem to be the most vulnerable with both large imports and high levels of debt. Finally, this strategy would only buy us time. The IEA, short for International Energy Agency, warns about a potential global oil supply crunch by 2025 due to the chronic decline in new oil discoveries, depletion of oil reserves as described earlier, and reduced or even frozen investments in future production in key oil-producing countries. The other option. We can drastically reduce our oil consumption across the EU. This strategy is all the more interesting as it is compatible with the climate objectives of the European Union. A reduction in Europe's oil consumption in line with the COP21 objectives should be of the order of 3.4% per year by 2030 and greater than 5% per year by 2040. Since 2010, the European Union has succeeded in reducing its oil consumption through energy efficiency gains, substitutions in transport and construction, stagnation of road freight, and the decline of certain industries. Our key challenge now is to maintain the momentum and achieve further reductions. If not, we will likely be overtaken by the broom wagon of peak oil. The Shift Project's report highlights a considerable energy risk for the European Union. By 2060, it is forecasted that each individual on Earth would on average have half as much oil available as his or her ancestors in 1980. The problem of peak oil is a reason to get out of oil urgently, and it is just as serious and pressing as climate change. The energy transition cannot be achieved in a snap. Moving away from oil is like changing the very essence of industrialized societies. If nothing happens, these may in the near future find themselves gradually drained of their lifeblood. Anticipation is crucial. However, peak oil does not appear sufficiently in the analyses and roadmaps of the European authorities, which are too optimistic. The word oil does not even occur once in the roadmap handed to the Energy Commissioner in December 2019 by the new president of the EU Commission, Ursula von der Leyen. Peak oil is also not addressed with the gravity it represents by the IEA and key international reference organizations whose perspective analyses appear to be imbued with wishful thinking. Analysts' dread of self-fulfilling prophecy whereby, if the IEA were to speak loudly and clearly about peak oil as an inevitable phenomena, which it is, investments might quickly turn away from oil, accelerating the process of declining oil production. We must, however, take into account the physical reality of the world, including the constraints imposed by the inevitable decrease in our oil reserves, in order to plan for an appropriate energy transition. It is a technical problem, but also a human and systemic one. For more details, do not hesitate to consult the report by the SHIFT project, which is available in the description of this episode. This podcast was produced by the SHIFTERS, volunteers supporting the SHIFT project. 
The Shift Project is a French think tank advocating the shift to a post-carbon economy. Stay tuned for more Shift!